Hey, it's Wednesday, May 24th. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast that gives you the most honest viewpoints in the week's hottest sports topics. This is episode 98 of the Chasing Point podcast. I, myself, and Brandon, and normally you would hear Sam, uh, but we got Dame back. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but we will find out one way or another together, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Welcome back, Dame. Thank you. He good feels like he's being again. set up. That's what he feels like. That's why he's, he's talking this way. I do. Address me as Sam Baker. Wow. I'm going to embody uh, Harrison. I will not do Sam. that, and we can just continue with the show. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't even think we need to even exchange pleasantries. I know you're good. I spoke to you earlier today, so I know you're all right. People don't need to know that you're okay. Just know he's okay, mm-hmm. and I am as well. We just got to get right into mm-hmm. where we left off last week and revisit some things before we get into the news of all news that is currently happening right now that is is the game and what happened after the game and that it would be the Lakers and Nuggets, but we'll get to that in a second. So last week, Sam and myself set you all up for the draft, lottery picks, the Wimbenyama draft. And Sam and I both chose who we thought was going to get the number one pick. Well, there was somebody that was right, and there was somebody that was wrong. And I was the one that was wrong. (laughs) I was the one that was wrong. I tried to will it for Dame Lillard. I wanted him to get the number one pick so he can just stay right put and just do what he had to do there. But the Portland Trailblazers did not win the Women Yana sweepstakes. Sam won, and San Antonio has the first pick. It's just crazy that Popovich looks like he was damn damn near on his way out of the NBA with the Spurs, not doing anything. And you know what? <laughs> you got Tim Duncan in the past, and now you get Women Yama. Now here you go. San Antonio, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, open up again. Damn, I can't lie to you. I was I was hurt a little bit. I'm happy that Portland has the number three pick. Uh, they could do a lot of things with that. Trade, get some pieces back, some good pieces back to finally surround about around Dame or just live within the lottery, which I'm pretty sure Dame doesn't want to happen. Um, just upset for Dame. That's that's it. That's it. Uh, I am too. It's not sitting well for me. And I don't know. I... They're going to have to do something to make him happy or move him or just move on from the situation and part ways in a good way. Um, I personally think it would be the best thing to move him to a contender, you know, use your pick to get whatever you need and grow around. I also think uh, at this point, if you're not going to trade that number three pick to for a blockbuster deal to bring back numerous amounts of pieces uh, for them to potentially make a run in the West, Uh, You're not going to make a run in the West. Uh, And that has been proven by what has been going on in the West. And Portland didn't even make the playoffs. So if you're not going and getting uh, contenders, pieces that can truly help out or add uh, its own element, essentially I think you just need to ship Dame off. And I think it'll be a mutual thing and be okay. But as we know, and I've talked with my buddy George about multiple times, Dame's not going to ask for it. They're just going to have to do it. Uh, And I'm sure – Behind the scenes, Dame will obviously okay it if he's going to a contender and he's okay with it. But I, I just think at this point it's time to part ways. And it'll suck not seeing him in that Portland jersey, but so be it. It is what it is at this point. Just kind of need to move from the sinking ship or go down with the Titanic. Yeah, he's, 
<laughs> no, nah, he's he's done his thing there. I think I feel like this is one of those rare occasions where if they just had a like a mutual split, no one should Agreed. be angry or feel any type of way. I think everybody did what they could. Dame got all the money he could get out of them, and they got you know all the potential out of them that they could. As well, I agree. So. Uh, and at this point, it's just a waiting game. I'm sure Dame is ready for this waiting game to be over, and and fans of him as well are. I the only real loser in this situation will be Portland fans. That'll pretty much be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's let's get to. I don't want to call them a loser, but in in the instance of winning and losing, uh, this team lost in this series, and that would be the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Uh, after what they did during mm-hmm. uh, the, the trade deadline, revamping, adding pieces that uh, weren't stagnant, uh, uh, moving Russ, adding uh, D'Lo, adding uh, who else did they add? Why can't I remember his name now? Uh, Malik uh, Beasley. I'm trying to think who else they added. My mind's mm-hmm. it's slipping my mind. But the Lakers improved, essentially. <laughs> and they got all the way to the conference finals, uh, as we have spoken about. But they ran into the best team in the NBA that has been the best team all year long. And that's been the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets uh, made sure they brought their broom to the whole series. And they swept the Lakers away. Uh, <laughs> so... I know you've been watching. Uh, just to to revisit before we get in, and and I hear your opinion, and your thoughts on this series. Sam chose the Lakers, and I chose the Nuggets, so we are one one mm-hmm. right now. Um, what are you? What were your thoughts on this series? I, I, was it the way that you expected? I'm sure probably not. I don't think anybody thought they were going to get swept. No. Uh, what did you think all. of it? Um. You know, it was tough to watch because it's like, you know, you got like a certain expectation when watching LeBron. And so I started to wonder, was it as much of, hey, should I not expect as much from LeBron towards the end of his career, even though, you know, he's doing his thing and better than most players in the NBA, as he also stated. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just look at the surrounding factors and the way they played. Because I kind of always feel like LeBron's going to do his thing. I don't know that you can ever blatantly say it was his fault the entire series. But just having LeBron James there and them not being able to win one game is really shocking. You know, it was – I can tell you this. I checked out of the game at some points because it was just like, is this happening? (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. It was hard to watch at at times. Um, But it's – We'll get into the the Celtics Heat series, uh, and and I'll just preface it with this: they didn't quit. At least not everybody on the team quit. Uh, LeBron in the last game put up forty, almost had a triple double, mm-hmm. but had no support from what it seemed in that in that last game. And, and I'm not saying that his other teammates didn't show up because if I remember correctly, AD in the first game went off uh, at the preview. Him and and Joker just went back and forth. But the Nuggets are a team. I will emphasize that again for those that don't understand what I'm saying. The Nuggets are a team. They've been playing together for quite some time. They've added some pieces here and there, but the main pillars have not moved. They added shooting by getting KCP, who used to be on the Lakers. They let that go. They picked up Aaron Gordon, who has been phenomenal defensively 
And it's crazy because you didn't. I can guarantee most fans only knew Aaron Gordon for his dunking because that's all you saw coming out of Orlando. He was tucked away. You didn't know what he could really do. But defensively, I think he put himself on the map as one of the best defenders in the league, especially the way that he played against LeBron and his stats showing against LeBron. He's the best statistically to guard LeBron in the NBA, which says a whole lot. Um, But nobody can guard Jokic. And the way Jamal Murray is playing, Mm -hmm. good Lord, (laughs) just watch out. Um, so I, Dame, I, I honestly, I was telling my buddy George on this one, cause he's a diehard LeBron fan. I mean, like worse than Harrison, which is really, really hard to say because he will, he, he will champion <laughs> nah. everything LeBron does. And I told George, I was like, so I texted before game four and I was like, so what do the Lakers do in the off season? He was like, I'm a firm believer that it's not over until it's over. And I was like, so I'll text you after they lose the next game. I gave them game five. I said they were going to win game four, and it would go to game five. And I said I'd text them after that. Well, the Nuggets proved me wrong, and I texted them last mm-hmm. night. And I said, so uh, let's revisit my question because I said, uh, what are the Lakers going to do in the offseason? So I'll ask you, what do the Lakers do now? Well, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a tough one. Usually I have some kind of inclination, but I mean, I think they're going to do what LA does. They're going to make a business decision and wait to see what LeBron wants to do. Because at the end of the day, they're a business first. Um, I think it'll be solely dependent after LeBron dropped those little tidbits about him potentially retiring. That kind of alters everything. I mean, they're definitely not going to trade KD unless LeBron commits like, hey, I'm going to stay here for another two, three years. Go get Mm -hmm. me this guy and this guy. You know what I mean? But I think they just wait and see what LeBron wants to do first before they do anything hasty. But I guess if you wanted to me to take a shot at it, mm, I I think they got to stay right where they're at, man. I think they got to stay right where they're at and move the pieces around AD and LeBron, mainly because what do you do? Do you move on from LeBron? That's not a good decision because if he's in the West, you're going to meet him and lose. And then you can't count on AD right now to be consistent every single game or carry a team to the playoffs. So you really just got to stay where you're at, get rid of the unprovens, and bring in, like they mentioned, like I saw something on Trey Young. They were interested in trading for Trey Young. Like something like that would just Yeah, so up. they are interested in, in Trey Young, and uh, LeBron has made it very, very clear that he wants a reunion with Kyrie. And it's been very evident to me, Kyrie's mm-hmm. been showing up to these Laker games. He doesn't have to be in those games. Mm-hmm. But he's showing up to these later games. Like, I think he's he's trying to show him, like, yeah, no, I want to be here. Like, there's a reason why I keep showing up to these games. Because mm-hmm. Kyrie don't just show up to any game. And he's he's not a person. It's he's true. a person of intention. So when he's doing something, he's doing something with purpose. And it's very purposeful. And he's, I'm sure, trying to drive a message home. Yeah, I think um, you're hitting it on the head right there. That would be a good move for them. I completely forgot about Kyrie, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that didn't, you know, cross my mind. But like what you mentioned earlier, if they can get Kyrie and then get those championship caliber players that matter in a seven game series, like a KCP, like the times like people like PJ Tucker matter and things, players of that nature, I think then they could really do something. But that would juice them uh, up I, crazy. I, well, Brooke Lopez is a free agent, from my understanding, so that's another. Another move I would look at for the Lakers because you can add another big body. You need mm-hmm. to throw bodies at Jokic. 
because not one player yeah, is going to sure. stop him. AD is considered one of the best defensive players in the league when healthy, and he was healthy throughout this and could not stop him. All right, nobody in this league that is living and breathing at this point in time can stop this man. They just cannot. He's been proving that all year long. So you got to throw multiple bodies at him to tire him down. It's just like throwing heavy blows to the body over and over and over again and just hoping that he can't throw that hook anymore. Yeah, I got a question for you because I did not remember this. I was talking to somebody about, you know, the series and the matchup between Denver and the Lakers, and they brought up that Dwight Howard at one point was giving Jokic trouble and he couldn't do anything. Was. Do you rem- was that a thing? I don't he remember that. Was. That was in the bubble. I don't that remember was in that. the bubble when they played each other in the conference final in the bubble. That was yep. the bubble. That's oh, when wow. they won. Is because it was it was AD, AD, um, Dwight, and then I there and Javale McGee. It was the three of them going consistently at mm. Jokic. So it's just like, oh, you thought you got rest? Nope. Here's another big man. Oh, you thought you got rest? Here's another one. Right. <laughs> And 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 I want people. Yeah, I'm glad you do. brought him up because I want people to put respect on Dwight Howard's name because honestly, do you hear him? Thanks, Kylo. Appreciate it. Yeah, he makes he makes yeah he, he makes said, put some, some respect on his name, dog. You, you you're done, pop. Thank you. You everybody on the podcast knows you from your barking now. Goodbye. So he. I think Dwight Howard needs to have some respect put on his name because of his stats. If you look at his stats, they've been better than AD throughout his career. Now, obviously, he's playing over in Shanghai right now, and nobody really cares what Dwight's doing, even though he's living his best life. But um, I, I also know that if they get Kyrie, that's a lot of money that's coming off the books. So there's a lot of role players that they have that they're going to have to lose. So that means they would have to lose a – a Rui Hashimura, um, a, a Austin Reeves potentially, but I'm hearing that he's a priority to stay because of the way that he's played and balled out. Uh, D'Lo is absolutely 100% not going to be there after what just happened in a series, which is upsetting because I know you and I are fans of him, but he did not mm. play well at all. And, and touching on the point of LeBron no. mulling over retirement, I mean, he just watched one of his best friends retire and Carmelo Anthony, which we'll get to in a, in a yep, second. Yep. Um, LeBron's played 20 seasons. What else does he have to to prove, mm-hmm. right, at this point? He's he's the all-time leading scorer in the playoffs That's and in regular game. season, so both. Uh, he doesn't have as many rings as Jordan, which I know people are always looking at, mm-hmm. even though Bill Russell is is really should be the holy grail of rings, but that's just me. Um <laughs> So I, I think it's very, very interesting as as to how this plays out. Uh, but I, if he does return, which is the big part of it into your your main statement, the Lakers aren't going to make any moves until they find out what LeBron is going to do. Once, once we find out if LeBron's staying or not, then we can start making speculations of who's coming back. I also feel like this is LeBron saying, like, if you don't go and get me pieces that I really, really want, and really spruce this up and put people around because I can't do this every night. And AD is not giving me the numbers that he needs to give me. Then I need other people around that can create and score on their own. And all I can do is just play support. If you're not going to do that, then I'm retiring and I'm okay with that. That's what he should do. I I mean, he even (laughs) walked back the statement of, one to play with Bronny. He said, I still do. He said, that is my aspiration. He said, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's Bronny's aspiration, which we, we haven't heard that. We've only heard 
all the way up until this point that he wanted to play with him. And then conveniently, it's if that's not what he wants to do, then uh, that's not what he wants to do. If, if I had to take a guess, Bronny was like, ain't happening, dog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you watched the episode of the shop where LeBron was like, we didn't do that. He made that Bronny thing up. He wants to be separate and create his own legacy. Oh, so good. that's all him. So it might not I mean, be something Bronny wants. I'm sure he doesn't want to live in his father's uh, spotlight. But, I mean, no matter what, young man, you're going to be in his spotlight because you're a James. Um, so with that being said, yeah. the Nuggets move on to the finals. It's the first time a LeBron team has been swept. That's number one. Number two, it's the first time the Nuggets have ever made it to the finals. So this will be interesting because now we wait to see who they play. And I mentioned earlier, there's one team that has pretty much given up every game of this series uh, on the Eastern Conference, and that would be the Celtics, who ESPN, let me repeat, ESPN gave the Celtics a 97% chance of winning this series. Jimmy Butler, excuse me, Hemi Butler said, uh, I'll take Thank the 3% you. and I will shut you up. And they have done nothing but beat all the teams that everybody has said is better than them. And they continue to do this. So when we're recording this, game four is tonight at 8.30 p.m. When you hear this, you will obviously know the verdict of it. And my assumption is going to be that the Heat are going to win the game. Even though Sam and I both had the Celtics winning the series, and I will never go against Hemi, Butler, Jordan, the third. Um, <laughs> again, yeah, Jimmy, yeah, Jordan, I, can't, <laughs> I can't go against him. So, so, Dame, what do you think of the series thus far? Okay, and do you have the Heat closing it out tonight? Yeah, he should close it out. Um, if the Celtics can find a way to squeeze out a W, it's, it's going to end the next game. I think it's exactly the same thing on both coasts. The Heat are just mm -hmm. a basketball team. They just hustle. They just go after every little thing. And when you got a guy like Jimmy Butler on your team and, every, and bam, they're all bought in and they all play really hard, it's, it's difficult. And the thing, you know, it's one of the things I, I saw that might have hindered the Lakers to go from playing the Warriors to the Nuggets. Like, that was personal for them. You know what I mean? So there's a little extra additive. No, the Heat just come ready like that. So, and so do, so do the Nuggets. They just come ready like that. So, and not to move too far ahead, but I'm super excited for the finals because we're going to see two basketball teams really duke it out. And I'm going to be locked in for every game because it's going to, that's probably going to be the best. And this is my guessing here, but that'll probably be one of the best series in the finals that we've seen in a I, long time. I agree with you. I I just the Nuggets and the Heat are the only two teams that are solely focused on basketball in the NBA. Like there's not that many teams. And I mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of another team that's like solely focused and just doesn't care about anything else. It just cares about basketball and winning and you can just tell by the way that these guys play because mm -hmm. the ball moves three to four times in a possession it's not just iso ball it's not one pass shoot it's pass pass move through me we use our advantages and play that way right it's watching walking mm -hmm. watching Jokic like the ball goes through him he comes down the court it starts at the top of the key he can dish it off 
He can drive himself. He can shoot, but the focus is him. But they utilize his ability to pass the ball at any point in time, and he does it so well, okay? When you look at the Heat, Mm -hmm. what they do so well is they play defense so well, and they move the ball so well. It's not just everybody's talking about Hemi Butler, but it's not just him. You got Gabe, the Gabe Vincents of the world that are out here that are undrafted coming in here and just demolishing people and saying, okay, we're a whole team over here. Bam, when this when the playoffs started, Bam was non-existent for a while. Bam's here. Mm-hmm. Bam's here now. So true. He he woke up because if Bam didn't mm-hmm. show up, the Heat weren't doing this. He he's a key factor to this. And he plays phenomenal on the defensive end, but the Heat need more than just his defense. They need his offense as well. And he brought that. So to your point, I 100% want to see this. It's it's not the sexy pick for casual basketball fans. It's not. The, the sexy pick would have been Celtics-Lakers to get the rivalry and continue that going, right? Mm-hmm. And for basketball aficionados, that would, have, that would have absolutely been it. But for real basketball fans, seeing this matchup is true basketball at its finest. And I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. So with that said... If the Celtics lose tonight, or they lose this series, period, should the Celtics part ways with Jalen Brown? Why? 100%. They got to do something. They got to do something to shake it up. Um, And my main reason is, I don't think now the way it is, how there's not like, um, I would say like three massive superstars on the team. I think Jason Tatum can do all of the work in the fourth quarter. And if he had somebody else just to help throughout the game, keep it at a good pace, I think it will benefit he, them more in the does. long run. And Jalen Brown, um, there's times I'm going to really... jump right in because now we're going to have a discussion, Dan. He does. Because if you look at what's been going on in the playoffs and even last year in the finals, the person that was carrying the load was Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, it has been throughout the playoffs, has been carrying the load until Tatum decides to show up in the fourth quarter. In the finals, who was stinking it up? It was Jason Tatum, not Jalen Brown. So, God. So, and that's the, and so that's the point I was trying to make. Like, you can't have both of them in that star role because someone has to be in rhythm. Every player is not capable of, all right. I'm going to go ahead and just have these shots when it's necessary. Everybody's not gifted like that in that type of way mentally. So it's either you allow Jason Tatum to play that role and take those big shots so he can get in a rhythm and stay in a rhythm and you live and die with him, or you keep Jalen Brown and do it. I think the upside for Tatum is better, so I'd rather keep Tatum. And if there was like a versatile forward or if you can get, you know, some sort of new big out the draft or something that he can work with. I think so I'm opposite of you. I think you keep him. And the reason why I think you keep him is because you have two young superstars or two young stars, one considered to be a superstar because everybody has obviously already propelled mm-hmm. Tatum above Jalen Brown. But I, even though I like Jason Tatum, and it always pains me to say that I like a Duke player, but even though it pains mm-hmm. me to say that, when it's come to nut up or shut up, Tatum ain't been it. He ain't been the guy to do it. He, he, if it's it's okay, so, it's easy to say for either of us to sit here and say when Tatum gets to the fourth quarter. But 
shit has to happen in the first three quarters for you to do something in the fourth quarter that is worthwhile, right? So if you're not doing anything mm-hmm. prior to that, whatever you do in the fourth quarter isn't going to matter. Bron is, it, is an example we just saw. Bron went off throughout that whole game. He had nobody supporting him, right? AD is right there, not supporting him. I think he only gave 20 points. That's not enough, right? So I think, I think A, it's they need another, another guy that can go get a bucket, to your point. They need another guy that is able to go get points. And I think, honestly, they need a true point guard. Because Tatum is the one that's bringing the ball up, but I think he's better off the ball. Yeah, that's not his yeah, thing not to his, me. Yeah. And I also feel the same way for Jalen Brown. They need a point guard that can get them the ball right in their sweet spot. So I was watching uh, ESPN and I was and listening to Vince Carter, and he said when he played for the Nets, he said he, from coming from Toronto to the Nets, he said he had never had a guard like Jason Kidd. He said, Jason Kidd, if I was in a slump, Jay Kidd would come to me and say, just go over there, I got you. And would literally set that pass would come to me, and I was already set up for my shot. He would feed me in certain ways that would allow me to be free and open me up to to shoot and get my buckets at any point, and and be selfless, be a point guard. I think they need a true point guard, right? I love Al Horford because Uncle Al, old Al over here, Big Al is doing what he he's getting points, but I don't think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna do it. Are you saying he's there, Udonis? No, because Udonis ain't doing not a damn thing. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Al, he he actually does he does something, but for the most part, he's he's more there for defense. Like yes, he can he could shoot and get you get you some points mm-hmm. here and there, but mm-hmm. outside of that, what Robert Williams last year was was a force. They oh when he when they get Robert Williams back, they got another guy in the paint to do that. I ain't seen not a damn thing from him. Mm-hmm. Greg Williams or what's his name? Right, Greg, not Greg Williams. What's his name? Grant Williams. Grant. I, Grant. He, I, yeah. I don't like his game at all. I'm be honest. I don't like his game at all, and it, it just it just doesn't really translate to them. If that makes sense. I like the Brogdon pickup, mm-hmm. but Brogdon also hasn't done anything to me. So. Then the thing is, like, as you're covering the team, mm-hmm. and to go back real quick, you, you seem quite high on Jalen Brown, but then I want to ask the question, is it that easy for him because Jason Tatum's there? Because that that's my thing. Like, is 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 he going to be able to do that if Jason Tatum's gone? Mm-hmm. Let's say you can't keep everybody. So my question is, are you going to bank your franchise? If you're in charge, you're going to bank your franchise on getting rid of Jalen Brown without uncertainty of getting something great back. Or getting well, rid of that's why Tatum. my choice was not to get rid of either. My choice is to keep them right there together and have them continue to go because you got two young guys that you have that have grown together. If they if they didn't like each other, yeah, <laughs> you, you're confused. You thought I said let them go? No, I want them both to stay. Uh, you you have two guys that you had grown together. They have no problems with each other. They they do tend to play well. I mean they. They've done well throughout the regular season. All that it, That's not been the issue. They get to the playoffs every single time now with this team. It's just once they get into the playoffs, nothing. 
They couldn't do it with Brad Stevenson's. Then they could do it with Ime Adoku, Adoka, right? Then we saw how that happened. And now we have, I forgot this head coach, Joe Missoula. There you go. Now you have Missoula out here, and they've just been riding the wave all year. And it's been up and down. We don't know what to <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what we're getting with these guys. It's it's either we do this or we don't. I mean, these these guys have literally said to the point today when we're recording this earlier in the day that don't let us Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I'll get to Marcus Smart in a second. Have literally said, Don't let us win mm-hmm. a game. You think that scares a team that is up three nothing to you? You think that's going to scare them? Especially not with Jimmy on the other side. He don't care what you're saying. Of course he did. Oh, you know he of course he did. If he, right, he's gonna, don't he's don't gonna let them win that. the game. Because if they win the game, he's 100% going to make sure he brings that up in the press conference. Because that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, enough of this. This is, this is a great conversation, though. Unless you have more that you'd like to add. Unless yeah, you, if there's yeah, more yeah. you'd like to add. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just wanted to no, make sure. No, I don't care about um, the Celtics that much. I mentioned earlier uh, one of Le- LeBron's best friends in the world retired. Uh, a fan fan favorite for sure. Uh, whether you're a fan of Syracuse, uh, the Nuggets, uh, the Lakers, the Knicks, <laughs> damn Portland, uh, wherever this man went, uh, Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony retires after 19 seasons. Uh, he's a 10-time All-Star, three-time mm-hmm. gold medalist, was the leading scorer in uh, Olympic history until KD in the last Olympics, but he leads in most games appeared in and rebounds as well. Uh, Melo did not get a ring. Um, it's unfortunate the Lakers should have re-signed him for one year because I'm sure he they could have used him off the bench with his 13 points that he averaged last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he absolutely could have been serviceable, mm-hmm. but I, I think I think he just was at peace with knowing that he wasn't going to get a ring potentially and just not being that guy anymore and just being okay with his basketball journey and, and helping Kyan, his son, more than anything. Um, your thoughts on Melo's career? Um, great career, man. Fun to watch. You know, um, I think I got in like most people at Syracuse. And it's just, it's a great journey. I, it, it's it's yeah. sad when they get to this point and it's over and you start to look back and you're like, dang, I really wanted him to win a ring. Uh, I always have love for him because one, he rejuvenated oh, the garden for a little while. He had it, he had it, he had it rocking in there, you know, but it's, it was just fun to watch. And he torched a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you had to go mano a mano in his prime, there's not many people you want to pick over Melo. Like, what, he's shaking someone in a phone booth, as they say. One of, one of the greatest <laughs> scorers of all time. Period. Period. Mm-hmm. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I wish he I wish he had got a ring. Um, it, it's, at this yeah. point, it's looking like two, two-fourths of the uh, Banana Boat crew are not going to get rings. So that means him and Chris Paul. Uh, unless Chris Paul is able to stay around next year and stay healthy, uh, which Chris Paul might be that point guard. I don't think they're they're going to ship him out. You never know. Um, I think, I think if that were to happen, I think Chris Paul might damn near retire. (laughs) I think he might be like, yeah, no, you're not, if you're going to ship me out, I'm retiring. Like I'm done. Um, yeah, Yeah. just shout out to Mello. Uh, just, just added something to this league, added that 
that much needed East Coast moxie that I don't give a damn who you are. I'm going at you. The battles that we got to see between him and Braun. Like, I absolutely love that these guys were friends and, and best of friends in the world. And as soon as you stepped on that court, it did not matter. I'll dap you up at the beginning, but I don't care what's going on in between. You're going to get this work. Um, and uh, yeah. that is that is something that I will never, ever uh, doubt or put down on him. That's just kudos to you and your career. Uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Akayan does moving forward in his career. Super dope uh, retirement video as well. If you have not seen it, uh, it's on Bleacher Report. Go check it out. It's really cool. It's on his Twitter, his Instagram as well, too. Um, Dame, NFL, NFL, NFL. Uh, there's no way we go through an episode without talking about the NFL because the NFL seems to be an all year round thing now. Whereas when we were kids, it was not a thing, Dame. Uh, it was definitely, we got NFL for the time that it was going on. And then we had an off season break. We got to, got to rest unless you were actually playing football yourself. Um, but let's get right into the sad news. One of the greatest football players ever. I will repeat ever. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown passed away at the age of 87. Uh, he was on the list of the NFL 100 all-time team and is was the number one all-time player on the college football 150. He also is a three-time MVP, was an activist, also a movie star as well, too. Uh, Jim Brown had an mm-hmm. extremely fruitful career. Uh, with the ups and downs, uh, you can go and read all about his history because he is history when it comes to the football field and off of it. Uh, so he, he, he has passed, mm-hmm. uh, rest in paradise, uh, and, and thank you for what you've done for this game and, and influenced my dad to watch the game, which in turns influenced me to watch the game. So thank you for that. Um, Dame? Yeah, man, just um, iconic, legendary career, legendary life, you know. Um, I think you said it all, man. I think you covered it all. There's not much to really touch on it. it that's that's what you hope to do when you leave here, you know. Like they say in Greek mythology, you know, that that's why they'll remember his name. He's done so much, pivotal for the game, you know. I remember um, watching the Express and just being tied mm-hmm. to them, like him and Ernie Davis and just – you know, getting their stories. They both went to Syracuse. It was just, it was very interesting just to follow the, the careers. Actually, obviously, right. post. Yeah, we're, 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 we're way, we're way, we're way younger. <laughs> but it's nice to hear those stories and that history and just to see what they've done. And it's just amazing. Absolutely. Got some I'm, to I'm going to you know? probably watch Mars Attacks at some point this, uh, this week just to watch him in that. Um, <laughs> Because it was hilarious. It, yeah, you forgot he was in that, I right? That yeah, he was I, didn't, in Mars I didn't forget about oh that. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's funny how things work, Dave. So there is a particular mm-hmm. rule that happened when the Patriots, led by Tom Brady, played the Raiders. It's called the Tuck Rule. Tuck. Ironically. <laughs> When Tom Brady spent his time in New England, there was a young quarterback by the name of Jimmy G who Bill Belichick wanted him to take the reins as quarterback to get ahead of Tom Brady aging. As we know, Tom, Jimmy G got traded off. 
Tom eventually went to Tampa, won a ring, and now is retired. It's funny how everything comes together because Tom is now and will be potentially once approved by the NFL, a minority stakeholder in the Raiders, which the team is currently led by quarterback Jimmy G. So, funny how this comes full circle. Uh, Dame, what are your thoughts on Tom not being a reporter uh, and going to a minority stakeholder for the Raiders? I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea that was going on until I read it on this little docket here. And I was sitting here like, wait, excuse me? What is... Okay. I mean... Listen, if you're getting some entrepreneurship going and you want to go with that route, sure. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of football knowledge. I don't know exactly what his role would be. The flip side to it, it'd be a crazy way for him to ship Jimmy G out of there just to prove a point one more time. (laughs) That would be the wildest thing ever. Like, he gets there, like, you got to go. That's how those guys are. (laughs) That's how they are, you know? Like, come on, you couldn't see Michael Jordan buying a team to get someone he, he didn't like out of there? Like, but anyways. Yeah, yeah, man, that's interesting to see. I don't... I think it's... Uh, I don't know. Tom Brady's... Like, the latter half of Tom Brady's career is very interesting to me. He leaves New England, mm-hmm. goes to the Bucks. win. They try to run it back. They lose. They try to do something again this year. It doesn't go so well because he had no offensive line. Um, it got Leftwich fired. Uh, he retires, and uh, now he was going to go and be a commentator all the way to the point of now being a minority stakeholder in the Raiders. I, I mean, this is this is going to be the craziest documentary when they do a like true full on documentary on Tom Brady, and I know they have one on ESPN Plus. But when they do like a real, real documentary mm. on Tom Brady, like this is gonna be, it's gonna be wild. I'm, I'm here for, it. I'm here for it. Man yeah. in Arena yeah. is already wild. That's the doc on um, mm-hmm. Amazon or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that full one is gonna be insane because I would really like them to really get into his. What's that? He had his own personal trainer, yep. and it was like conflict with the team and that. I, I'm I'd sure like we will. That. Uh, but, but just like Jeter, you won't find out until years later of all the stuff that we never knew because these type of guys, to your point, when they want something to be disappear, mm-hmm. it disappears until they don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of disappearing, uh, that Thursday night football game that you might have wanted to go to, uh, that might be disappearing due to the new rules of the NFL and Thursday night football has the ability now to be flexed. So between weeks 13 and 17, the NFL can flex a Thursday night football game. But they have to do it with at least 28 days notice. So, obviously, if it's getting down towards the end of the season and there's a Thursday night football game, let's just say because they were terrible this year, the the Houston Texans, and let's just say uh, who was also bad. Sorry, Dave. The Commanders. All right. Let's just say they're the Thursday night football game, week 16. The NFL now has the ability of saying, nope, we're going to put this other team here, these other two teams here instead. They have to do it, give a 28-day notice. But this 
this is very very interesting because it it literally sits here and sets up people fans buying tickets and wanting to do something and it just be like nope not gonna happen uh to for i think the rule is also that you can't play more than twice in thursday night football game i think it's it's just you can only do it two times Hmm. so thought that was that was interesting by your face you look perplexed so share why you are what is the purpose of this is it just to put like of course. teams on prime? Of course, time it's TV ratings. Or... It's all ratings. There's there's no yeah. other way around it. Don't put don't put the I mean, I guess it makes sense too, because you come out, you're thinking like, okay, a team's gonna be good, and then week sixteen rolls around and they're horrible. Like, yeah, no. you don't want that on TV. I mean, I get it, that. It, it makes sense for them. Again, it's always to protect the yeah. shield and bring in revenue. And I, I've I can honestly say, even though it sucks if you're a person that bought tickets to see that Thursday night football game, right? And that it gets flexed out. That that would mm-hmm. absolutely suck because not many mm-hmm. some people would only have an opportunity to go to one game a year, right? If they're fortunate enough to do that. But I gotta be honest, if I'm sitting at home and I'm watching, mm-hmm. I'm watching and I there's been plenty of times that a Thursday night football games come on, I'm like, I'm just gonna go do something else because this game is terrible and I could care less what's gonna happen, right? Right. right. So this gives the ability of being like, well, you thought it was gonna be bad and we're gonna do this. So I have a question. So your team is on Thursday night football. They're horrible. They get flexed and moved out the way. Do they move them to Sunday or do I think they, they probably move them to Sunday. Either they either move them to Sunday or That's got I mean it's a possibility that I mean cuz they wouldn't have two games going on Thursday night. It's normally only one. So I think with the 28 days it would flex it to it would flip it reverse it. They would go to Sunday. Um, they wouldn't go to like a prime time game. They would just be in the mm. shuffle of, of whatever games are on at the whatever window it is, the earlier late window. I'm, I'm interested to see interested to see how that works out because see what the scheduling conflicts. For I'm, the I'm intrigued too. Like I, I, I sucks for the fans if it happens, but I mean it. It kind of also doesn't suck for fan if you're at home watching. Uh, new NFL kickoff mm. rule: all fair catches and touchbacks. Will now come to the twenty-five yard line. Uh, it's just, I guess they've done stats and they said that it's better off this way. I could care less. Whatever. I just want to. I just want them. I just want to see kickoff returns again. Like I miss that so much. I miss watching the the Devin Hester's of the world mm-hmm. and Dante Hall's just taking off and and being unstoppable. <laughs> like I miss that. I understand it's not healthy, but yeah, kind of is what it is. Um, I, this one I'm I'm really curious to hear about. This is another rule change that happened. Emergency quarterback rule. So they have now approved that hmm. teams can carry a third quarterback on the roster without burning a roster spot. This but this is more so this ain't two of this is more so the Niners. What did the Niners do against my Eagles? They lost two oh, quarterbacks. They did. Oh, they sure and they did. had to put their sure their Brock Purdy back in, and he couldn't really do anything. So the Eagles just pinned their ears back and just went to work. Um, I I I get it because as a fan, I wanted to see the Eagles play against the Niners with a a quarterback. We'll get to see it this year because they come to Philly. Um, but I don't I don't think it is fair. 
so it's it's 50 50 for me dame let's be fair i don't think it's fair for fans to watch a game that is like we all worked up and want to see somebody play and then the team just goes down a quarterback and they don't have anybody to play and then the other team kind of just prevails but the other side of me says that's football the job of the other team is not to injure Right. But if the injury is just so to happen, the job is to knock that quarterback out of the game and get to your backup quarterback. That's that's the job, because the primary guy is the better person. You want to get to that other guy so you can have a field day and and put in work and get that W. Right. So now you're telling me in this situation, which let's just use that Niners Eagles game. Jimmy G would have been able to be on the roster for that game. And he was just coming back from injury, and they didn't put him in because they didn't they didn't want to at that point in time or to bird a spot. And that means Jimmy G could have actually played for the Niners in that game if this rule was implemented last year. So I'm like, I'm torn. I don't really know which way to go with it because I, I see the good in it. And I also, as a football fan and, and person that's played not to the extent of you, is just... I, it's a part of football. Just leave it be. Like, it's just going to happen. If it happens, it happens. Get a better offensive line. Protect them. Is, are there any stipulations on, like, when they can that I don't their know. QB in? That like, I don't does know. someone have to get hurt? There, there needs to be something because, you know, if you had this example, and it's not obviously going to happen, but if you had a prime running style Cam Newton, and it's fourth and one, and you can just throw this guy in there real quick. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I uh, see the rules on that. I'll definitely check what happened. Oh, you know I'm ready for this. I'm oh, ready you, for this you definitely, week. definitely can be. Okay, so it says, hold on. It's first the quarterback must hmm. be on the fifty on the team's fifty three man roster, which means a club cannot designate a hmm. practice squad player as its emergency quarterback. Second. And more notably, the emergency quarterback can only enter the game if the <clears> other two quarterbacks are both injured or ejected. So that's the rules to it. So they have to be on the 50, 50 man, 53-man roster, and it can't be a practice squad guy. And the only way that the third quarterback can come in is if the first two are both injured to the point they can't come back in or ejected. So that's the rule. So it seems like, Dame, that can happen at any time throughout the whole entire season. So, yeah, that'll that'll be uh, intriguing to, to see how that goes. Um, on to some boxing. So last week, uh, I let you guys know that Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko were going to be fighting this past Saturday. Unfortunately, I did not get to see it as I was at a wedding, which I much rather wish I was watching this boxing match. Uh, and I didn't get to see mm-hmm. it, which I'm upset about, which I'll be watching it this week, as I told mm-hmm. Dame. Uh, but all I continuously heard was that Haney won, and it was a very, very, very close, close, close scoring. So, Dame, you watched it. Tell us what mm-hmm. you thought of the fight. All right, so this mm-hmm. fight has a lot of controversy. And... I understand because in everything that goes on in sports, there's those fair weather fans who don't understand how scoring goes. I've been watching boxing since I've came out. Like, that's just a thing we've always had on in my house. Devin Haney, like, just to put things in perspective, he could have easily stayed at distance and just jabbed Lomachenko the way he did um, Gambosis. 
Gambosa, and he, he could have did that. Devin Haney closed the gap to give him a chance to do what, you know, Lomachenko can do, you know, throw those unique punches, drop someone, cause some damage. The fight was very close. Devin Haney did not do the pretty work. He didn't make, he didn't do the shots that popped ahead. He stayed to the body every single time. Lomachenko came in there and hit him. He hit him on the way out to the body or he jabbed him. Now, Lomachenko was popping him and his head was snapping back and it looks worse than what it is. But Lomachenko was fighting in spurts because of those body shots. So when what Floyd used to do was take away someone's greatest attribute and Lomachenko's thing is to apply pressure and put you in uncomfortable situations. If you watch the fight, Lomachenko doesn't put Haney on the ropes until after like the third round somewhere. That's that's not that's not something for someone who's winning a fight because if you're pushing the pace, your back would be against the rope more times than not. So I think the fight was close. I think the one judge, I think the score was like 116 to 113 or 114. I don't think that was correct. I feel like Haney probably should have won by one point on all cards. But it was a very good fight. It was interesting to see. And this is why boxers don't do what Devin Haney did, like stand toe-to-toe because they're still not happy. And he could have did a Floyd job all day. Stay way out. This is what he does. Jab you and move out the way, and you'll never touch him. But he said, you know what? Let's box. Let's get to it. And he did that. And you're still not happy. And that's why boxers don't risk it because there's no reward for, one, losing your, your oh, you know, he's undefeated. So I lose it, but you don't view me as a gladiator. It's not like um, Ward and Gotti anymore. You know what I mean? So it, well, it's, it's not, not worth it for the boxers, boxers because they're, the, the combat world is tainted more by – mixed martial arts and I, I mean that in a good way is because ufc mixed mma is the primary mm-hmm. combat sport and people are used to seeing non-stop action you're seeing a head kick you're seeing a flying knee you're seeing a punch you're seeing grappling right there's there's always consistent moving whereas in boxing it's more methodical it's i'm hitting and not trying to be hit which is why to your point that you made earlier that mm-hmm. the fair weather boxing fans were always against Floyd. Outside of Floyd, people just not liking Floyd because he's Floyd, right? And 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 him flaunting his 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 wealth. Floyd did what a boxer's supposed to do. You're supposed to hit and not get hit. Mm-hmm. Right? And and people are now more used mm-hmm. to the combat in itself. So I I I applaud Haney and any boxer that goes in and says, you know what? You want to scrap? I don't like you, you don't like me, or I really want this fight. Let's really scrap and let's really throw the hands and see what goes from there. These guys also have to worry about not getting knocked out. So it's 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 a pick your poison type thing. I really have to watch this, but I I will say this: whoever he's fighting next, which is my next and last question for you, who does he fight next? Shakur is, wants him. There's there's Javante Davis. There's a few people out there. Those are the the only three mixer match that I see and should fight at this point. Who does he fight next? You know, I, I thought about like Shakur. I think that'd be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks Shakur is the one thinks he's gifted. Um, like he's, you know, once in a generation type of talent. Um, Shakur is, there are some things that Lomachenko, Lomachenko did that I know Shakur Stevenson would have ducked or avoided. But they're just two different fighters. The Shakur is more like Floyd in the sense of gathering data and then mm-hmm. changing your attack. Like he'll he'll adapt to you every two rounds. Like that's it's that simple. Um, I 
So obviously, I want to see Shakur. Like he sure does. Shakur so talks a lot of trash. <laughs> like he talks a lot. I would like to see him and Devin go at it. I think personally for his career, though, the best decision for Haney is to go up because he does not. That's not his weight. And in the next five years, if he fights up, it's going to be a big problem because he's just going to gain more weight as he grows into, you know, his adult okay. body, his adult frame. I, being that he's in lightweight, I really want that Shakur fight. I, I want to 100% see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, you and I have spoken about this. Uh, I think Shakur is ready, but also at the same time, like, I don't, right? Then it's just like, but, but mm-hmm. you and I have said this too. Haney at the time he sometimes he doesn't fully impress me he has the power right but he hasn't put it all together yet right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of perfect for them to fight now because they both haven't evolved into the monsters that we think that they're going to be right and that they're on the verge of being but Mm -hmm. if they were to fight now this could set up that you know super mega fight That'd be like, okay, you beat me in that one. Now I'm leveling up. You leveled up. Now let's run this back type thing. So I think this is, it would be a perfect time for, for this to happen. Um, And, and Haney is doing something that, that I'm glad that he said, and he's going to continue to do is he, he said that boxers, we should be taking from what UFC fighters and MMA fighters are doing is let's stop ducking who the, who the next Mm -hmm. up is. Let's fight the best. And let's keep going from there because that's the only way that you're going to keep boxing alive because Dana White gives that to you, even though I can't stand him. He gives that to you with every card in the UFC. Mm-hmm. At every main event, you see whoever is supposed to be next and fighting next, they fight next. And there's no ducking anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's how it should be. I, I, I love these guys for that. Like Haney and Shakur Stevenson, they want, they want the top of it. The, they want the best, you know. Hence, we got Gambosa. I think mm-hmm. it's Gambosa. Gambo- it's Gambosa and Lomachenko back to back. Like that's amazing. I, It'll be I fun. Love that for him, It'll be you know? fun to see see what happened there. But Dane, this was a this was a pleasure having you. I'm hungry, and uh, I'm sure you got shit to do. Uh, so, with that said, before we get out of here, uh, is yeah, there anything you'd like to say before I close it out, sir? Nah, man. Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. You know, um, you don't have to bring up the commanders like that. You had enough in your statement already. You could have left them out. Thank you. Um, uh, that's about uh, it. <laughs> you're, you're about to get some good ownership. Uh, hopefully it gets approved by the league. So good luck to you. Uh, thank you for so, listening to episode 98 of the Chasing Points podcast. Uh, listen to us on all major DSPs. Check out our Instagram. Check out our Facebook. Check out our YouTube. Check it all out. Uh, Let us know what you think, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. We love y'all. Bye.